Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco. This is episode 29, and I am so engorged right now. Oh my word. So clearly between last week and this week, I had my baby and I am so excited that the baby is here. And as you all know, I was totally convinced that baby number two was a boy and I was 100% wrong. (laughs) Baby number two is a girl, Lillian Ruth, and she got here this past Thursday night June 13th at 10.36 p.m. I'm super excited to share our birth story with you guys. It was the kind of labor that I just wish every mother could experience. Like it just went, it just went flawlessly. Um, So we were hoping to get our birth story recorded sometime today. It's Father's Day as I'm recording this, Uh, but it's just not going to happen. We had a craniosacral appointment for Lillian this morning to get her all loosey-goosey, And uh, yeah, it's just not happening today. So I am so excited that we are going to be airing Rachel Croston's episode today, which was the plan if I hadn't had Lillian anyway. So this is actually totally on track. And her birth stories are so awesome. This is going to be really great because she did not have home births. She had birth center births. The cool thing about Rachel is she started having these birth center births back in 2009, which as you know, that was not nearly as uh, in vogue at that time. So we talk about that. Before we jump into Rachel's interview, I want to give a quick shout out to our reviewer of the week. And our reviewer this week is Mama on Green. She wrote, inspiring. As a mama who wants a few more and a home birth, this podcast is such a blessing. Love the stories from these strong mamas. And amen to that. These mamas are amazing. Thank you so much, Mama on Green. If you'll email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sure to send you a happy home birth sticker. If you guys would please leave a review on iTunes if you get a a chance, that would be so helpful. And then also, please, if you're listening to this episode right now, go ahead and take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram, tagging at Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I will put you in my stories. And I also want to thank our sponsor this week, the wonderful Carrie LaChapelle, who just helped me through having my own little one. And Carrie is a licensed midwife CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. She provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama-baby-family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama-baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. Carrie also offers extras like beautiful Banku belly binding, which she is coming over tomorrow to do for me, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office. Carrie offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for your birth, so there is no sense in not calling her. Visit Hatched at Home's website, which is hatchedathome.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E, or get in touch with her directly at 864-907-6363. So that is all that I have for you guys before this interview. Uh, look out for some 
I mean, like, you're probably going to get annoyed with how many pictures I'm going to be posting of my own birth <laughs> over the next coming weeks, months, years, forever. Um, but yeah, look, look out for that. And then next week, we will hopefully be sharing our home birth story. Until then, enjoy Rachel's story. She is so precious. I know you're going to love it. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to hear your stories. So if you would, wouldn't mind, would you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Okay. So my name is Rachel Croston. I um, have lived all of my life in the Southeast. I grew up in Alabama and moved to South Carolina in 2004 and have lived here ever since. Very nice. And how many children do you have? I have three. I have Lila, who is 10, and Drew, who is four, and Celia, who we call Cece. She is one. She's 15 months old. Oh, and they are so cute. And I, I'm really excited to hear your story because as you told me before, you know, you started giving birth in a birth center in 2009 when, yes. you know, the natural childbirth movement had not taken root so much, especially at least around our area in, in the Southeast. So what was that like for you and how did you decide to have a home birth or excuse me, a birth center birth at that time? Well, um, I had, I was one of the last of my friends to sort of at that time get married. I know, which is really funny since I was like the ripe old age of 30, but um, (laughs) at the time, most of my friends had one or more children and um, most of them had them the typical way that I had grown up knowing people to have babies, which was you go to the hospital and you have your baby and then you come home, period. Um, But I had two friends from college who I was very, very close to, and they both had hospital births for all of their births, but they had decided to not have any interventions. And I was like, that is so crazy. What is wrong with y'all? You have all of this stuff at your disposal to keep things from hurting. Why wouldn't you have that? And the more I heard them talk about it, the more I thought, well, maybe that's not as wacky as it sounds. And then, of course, I watched the business of being born. Oh, yeah. Just like everybody else does. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, that's pretty much that's it. That's going to that's going to seal the deal as far as that goes. Now, actually, I'm kind of I may be. I may be backwards in my, I'm not really sure what year that movie came out or the documentary. Um, I think it and, was 2007, maybe. Okay. So or nine. I, yeah. I could have seen it. I could have seen it somewhere before that. I'm sure that they were talking about it before it came out, but that was, it was somewhere. I, I know that I remember that floating around in the background as something that I was like, yes, yes, everyone needs to see this. And I can't remember if it was shortly after Lila was born or right before, but mostly um, what actually pushed me to the point of um, looking for midwives over just going the regular OB at the hospital route was I'm a little bit of a rebel. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like for people to tell me what to do. And I didn't like that they wouldn't let you eat. That's a good point. I thought if I'm going to be doing very hard work, ice chips should not be the only food I get to have. And I understand their reasoning for it, but 
I went down that road and then I thought, but then they're treating me like a person who has a complication before I even have a complication. And oh, by the way, pregnancy, it's not a sickness, it's a condition. And, uh, you know, I'm, the, the further and further I went into it, the more rebellious my streak became. And I finally just thought, you know what, if, if my friends can do this and they are still alive and having more children and doing it the same way, then I also can, can do this. And so I went into it at first with that sort of, well, I'll see what, I'll see what happens. And then if I need intervention, I can have it. And then I was like, no, you know what? I, the the midwives were kind of the ones. Well, let me back up. I suppose what happened was that I I thought in my mind, well, if I need it, I can have it. And then after taking my childbirth class, I realized I wouldn't need it. Mm-hmm. And that if I set myself up thinking I might need it, that might be more of a disservice than just accepting that, you know, I could do it myself. That's a really good point. I do feel like once you get the education, it really shifts what you believe that you or what you know is true about the body and what you can do without all of the interventions. Well, and I have to say, from my perspective, all of my friends who have had babies after me, the one piece of advice that I give them, whether they want it or not, is please just take a real childbirth class. Don't take the, here's how we're going to let you have your baby at the hospital class and let that be it. Take a real class because it is so fascinating. Like the stuff I learned in my natural childbirth class is stuff that helped me, you know, I mean, I understand a lot more about just my body and fertility and birth in general than just that one process of having my first child. Mm -hmm. So it was hands down the best investment we made in having that baby. That's amazing. You're so right. And it, it is true that, you know, if you do the hospital route, a lot of times you're going to just get the spiel of, okay, this is how we, this is how we have babies in this hospital versus even if your plan is to have a hospital birth, to have an epidural, to have, you know, all of the pain medication that you want, it still is very nice to do that outside of the hospital childbirth class so that it's truly informed consent. It, yeah, really it is. And I, I would get so, I guess upset is not really the correct word, but I would feel badly for my friends who are like, I don't want to know what's going on. I just want them to do whatever they need to do and get it over with. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't say that for any other procedure that you were having done. You've got to know what's going on so that right. you can know if you want it or not. There's a whole lot of stuff that can happen that you can say, um, you know what? I don't really need that or want that. So we'll just pass on that for now. And I think that it takes that sort of runaway train feeling away from the process of birth, which it can feel like, especially when you're in the middle of it. <laughs> sure. For sure. Now, so you did that for your, for preparing for your first baby. Did you, did you already know that you were going to use a certain group of midwives or how did you come to decide which which midwife to choose? Um, I actually, I think that there were two midwives that I found online uh, at the time that were nearby. There were two mid- midwifery sort of groups 
that had out-of-hospital birth centers. I didn't know a single person in town who had used midwives, so it was just me and the internet. And I called the one that was, we live in Greenville, and so I called the one that was closest to me, and no one ever called me back. And I called the one in Spartanburg, even though I was like, I do not want to have to drive to Spartanburg. That is so far. But um, Linda called me back, and that was it, and the rest is history. (laughs) Oh, what was the, what was your prenatal experience like with this midwife group or with Linda, did you, had you seen an OB at all at any point or was this from the get-go you found these midwives? No, I pretty much right away, um, the, the minute that I found out I was pregnant was already thinking I was not going to be going to a hospital to have this baby. And so, um, my first appointment right away was with her. I mean, I had I had an OBGYN who I saw for my yearly um, checkups and everything, and he was a nice guy, and he had uh, delivered my nephew, and you know, it was it was fine, but the experience that I had with my midwives was hands. I mean, people who just go the sort of traditional OB route really can't believe it when you tell them how much time the midwife spends with you. And it really is this one-on-one get to know you, become part of your routine, help you with whatever. I, I can't even tell you like how many times it was as much like therapy as an appointment because it's a lot to go through trying to navigate. Okay, now I've got, I've got this baby coming and I don't know them and what if I don't like them? And she was like, it's okay. You know, and she would talk me through everything. And it was just, you're not going to get that in the 10 minutes that you get with your OB. Right. That's a great point. You're, you're just not, I mean, they don't have time. Right. Right. It's nothing personal. No. Right. I'm sure that they would love to have deeper conversations with some, some patients, but they just don't have that luxury. And, I'm the kind of person who needs, I needed that connection, I think, to feel safe, to feel confident, to be able to do what I ended up doing, which was have a water birth out of the hospital. Mm. And tell me about that. So what was your first birth experience like? Well, it's very funny to me because every single birth experience, all three were completely different. None of, of them, course. <laughs> none of them, st- I, which I was really shocked by. I have to tell you, I thought they would all go approximately the same way because I thought, well, there's really only a couple of ways that births go. So, <laughs> um, with Lila, I, um, later found out or realized or was told <laughs> I had had prodromal labor for several a couple, like a week and a half and Ugh. didn't, didn't know that's what it was. I really thought that I had the worst constipation of my life, which oh. is not outside of the realm of possibilities for pregnant women. Definitely. <laughs> Especially in the end when everybody's sitting on everything and you know, you can't get comfortable and you can't, you can hardly digest your food, much less anything else. So mm-hmm. I really just thought this is horrible. And I'm, I, I remember telling my husband at the time um, that, you know, I was like, 
if I went into labor right now, I wouldn't be able to make it because I'm so tired because I keep getting up at night having to poop and I can't poop and it's just terrible. And I can't, (laughs) I don't want to have to do this anymore. And he was like, well, okay. And I was like, maybe, maybe I just need to get an enema and get it over with, which is the most embarrassing story ever, but it's true. Hey, I, (laughs) I will stand up and say, I tout the enema for many things. And if you must know, I was like, I'm doing an enema before my first birth because I was not, I was very nervous about pooping, which now it's like, that's so silly, but I was, I I was, yeah, well, and I was too, that was not anything I wanted to do in front of people, but you know, it was just, I was like, I'm just so tired. If, I think that if I could have that happen, then if I could just poop, then I could relax, I could get some rest. And then because I was only I was only um, 38 weeks plus six at the okay. time. All right. So I my first baby, I'm I'm in my mind. I'm already like she'll she'll be here at 42 weeks, like as time is running out for me to have this water birth, which I didn't even want a water birth at the time. All of the things I thought I didn't want, I ended up doing and they were the best things ever. But um, so he left to go and get this enema for me. And I was like, I'm just going to lay down on the couch and try to get some rest. And I had been laying there for about three minutes and I heard this sound that I swear it sounded like a shot going off. And then everything in my inside started to shift. And I was like, oh, my colon has exploded. I'm going to die. I'm going to die right here on the couch from my exploded colon. That is exactly what I thought happened. Oh, no. And then when I got up and all of the fluid was clear, I was like, oh, no, it's even worse. My water has broken. Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go have a baby. I thought I had two or three weeks left. <laughs> right. And um, I had spent the morning making chicken casseroles to go in the freezer. So I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> My freezer have, meals are not ready. <laughs> I have more time. So that is how that started. So while while my daughter's father was at the, the store getting me an enema, which I did not need, I I was having my water break at home and thinking that my insides were exploding. And so that's how that got started. And so then, of course, I called Linda and let her know. And um, I told her, I was like, I haven't had any contractions, though. So I don't know what's going to happen. And she was like, "Okay, well, just call me back and um, and we'll see, you know, what you're feeling like in a couple of hours or whatever. And um So I, you know, that's when you start going around and you're like, okay, well now I got to make sure the bag is all together and everything is ready. And because we had to drive to Spartanburg eventually. And, um, and how far away is that from your house? Uh, a solid 45 minutes and that's with no traffic, Mm. which, you know, like going up 85 is a (laughs) crapshoot. It could be, it could be 45 minutes. It could be an hour and 45 minutes. It just depends on what traffic wants to do. And this was at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. So, I mean, we were getting close to that five o'clock traffic time period. But um, that was when I started to have real contractions and I was kind of surprised by them. She did. What was funny was it was not a half an hour later. She called back and she was like, why don't you just go ahead and come in and I'll check you and, and just see what's going on. Because I think she was worried if I had not been having any contractions, I was going to run out of time after the water broke if I didn't go in and have her just assess 
how things were going. And right. To just have eyes on you. Right. And so I went and I started, I had those, those dreaded car tractions like you, talk, you, you talked about on other podcasts. And I was like, this is not fun. This is not maybe survivable. I'm not really sure what's <laughs> going to happen here. But we got there. I was not very dilated, but I was. And of course, since my water had broken, she said, well, you can leave and stay local or you can just stay here and I'll, I'll come back. And so that started, my water broke around three o'clock, three 30 and Lila was eventually born at three 30 the next morning. Okay. So we so, had a long, it was a, it was a solid 12 hours after my water broke, which I still think is pretty fast for a first time. Definitely. I do. I do know that. Um, so all of the things that I didn't think that I wanted that I was not going to deal with, um, while I was in labor that I loved were a sitting on a toilet while having contractions because there was no place I could sit that didn't hurt. And when I tried to lay down, I would vomit, which is always fun. Um, Ugh, I, I mean, had that. it was <laughs> the vomits are the worst. Yeah. That is not what you want in labor. <laughs> no, but I knew, I knew, you know, okay, all of those sphincters are open. So it's just everything that throat is open. Then so is my that's cervix. True. That's what it's trying to do. Yeah. So, which I would not have known had I not taken my natural childbirth class. So in that way, it was, it was so great because I had these things that were happening and to the degree that I was able to pay attention to it, I didn't panic, I guess was the best thing was that I never, I didn't panic until I hit transition, which is you know, I guess when everyone panics, right. <laughs> but, um, those contractions were really, I mean, they were double peak. And so it was just on top of, on top of, on top of, and that was when I was really glad to be in the water, which I also didn't want because I didn't want to be wet. So when she suggested that maybe I get into the water, it was very, I was begrudging at first. And then I was like, no, yeah, I think I will get in. And it was amazing. First of all, <laughs> there were jets that were that the, the right spot on my back that, oh. that hurt so badly. And then um, the weightlessness really helped a lot because I was very tense. And being in the water really changed my energy. And so I think it helped. So I pushed for three hours. And it, it wasn't until at the end where I felt her shift, like I felt her pull the hand down and then she was born a couple pushes later. So yeah, so that was, I, I looked like, um, I had, I looked like I had been um, pulled behind a speedboat for about six hours after, after Lila was born, but I felt so good and we were able to get up, you know, so she was born at three thirty, and I did have a little, um, I bled for too long. She said she didn't worry about the amount that I was bleeding, but it was the fact that I wasn't stopping that, that bothered her. So I, I had to get a shot of Pitocin afterwards. And that was the only intervention I had. I was kind of worn out and it was harder for me to deliver the placenta. Mm. But, um, but other than that, I mean, we went home at seven, eight o'clock in the morning. We were back home in our own house by nine. So we weren't, we weren't even gone from our own home for 24 hours. <laughs> Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, that was that. And I, I, we did great. She, she was my best nurser. She latched on right away and, you know, 
everything, everything with that went fine. So after that, I was like, that's it. No one should ever have a baby any other way. They just don't (laughs) know how good they would feel if they would just do it this way. So I, and that was when I started to think about possibly going into childbirth education and that sort of thing. But I didn't. (laughs) Still, that's, you're, you're so right. Like it, you, it revitalizes you or, you know, it, it charges you up and, makes you so passionate when you have such an amazing experience like that. And I am, I'm so grateful for it. And I'm also grateful for now to have sort of um, the sense to know not everybody gets to have the wonderful experiences that I have had. Um, It makes me even more grateful for, for what I've, I've been given, but I also, like being able to see other people's perspectives and and trying to help them process what they've been through as well. Surely. Yeah. That's, that's a great point is that, you know, it's, you know, birth center births, home births, natural childbirth outside of the hospital is a fantastic option for many, many women, but that is not how it happens for everyone. And there are certainly plenty of cases where it is just, you know, we need, we need, the OBGYN, we need those skills. Yes. So there's certainly everyone, everyone's birth path is different. Well, and I do, I, I love that, you know, I feel like one of those people who's able to say, look, you know, nobody, nobody here is trying to say there's not a space for doctors. That's not, that's not my path anyway. I'm, like you said, we, they, they have a specific purpose and I'm glad that they're here for that. But yes, I do wish that more people would, like I said earlier, I just wish that more people would, I guess, be knowledgeable. Don't be so afraid of birth. Don't, don't let somebody else handle it because it scares you. Learn what you can about it so that you can make your informed decisions. Yes, that's a great point. And so with, with that um, power that you felt after your first birth, what was it like going into your second pregnancy? Well, so between the first one and the second one, I had been through um, a divorce. I was not sure if I was ever going to have another child because by this time I was in my late 30s. Um, and I thought, well, that's probably not in the cards for me. And I will just cherish the experience that I had and and love that and be grateful for it. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I, it was a surprise. No one was planning that. (laughs) And, um, so I was grateful that Andy was excited and supportive and, uh, did not even blink twice when I said, okay, now you realize that we're going to have to do this outside of a hospital <laughs> with, with my midwives. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> Cause that's what's happening. <laughs> Cause that's the way it's going to happen. And he was like, Nope, great. You know what you like. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, you always have to worry because uh, you know, with Lila, my family had their own set of worries. I will say that I felt like I had a my dad was probably the most in my corner because he was born at home. So, so it was like, look, daddy's fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) That's perfect. Can't argue with that. 
he and both of his older brothers were born at home. So he, he did not have a problem with out of hospital birth at all. That's so neat. But yeah, so we, with, with Drew, I just was very grateful to get to rekindle that relationship with Linda and um, Amy and get to see them and have another experience to have this little baby. And it was great. And I, I knew then I was like, well, I want to, I want to be in the same room and, if everything can just go as smoothly as the last one, then that would be great. And it, it did. In fact, I feel like it was an even smoother birth. Um, I did not have the trauma of having my water break while I was at home. Um, he was actually born on call. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had gotten to see it, but I was turned around backwards. Mm-hmm. So I did not, but, um, yeah, they had to, Andy said it was pretty cool. That's um, amazing. yeah, so it never, it never broke. And I was, I was amazed by that. And, um, my contractions, like I had not felt great the day before. And it was a Friday. Uh, we were supposed to go out to dinner with a friend of mine who was in town visiting and I just didn't feel really super. And I was like, I think we're just going to stay at home. And so we put a puzzle together and, the funny thing about that birth was that I was really, really anxious that the baby would come while Lila was at school. And I was like, she's not missing any school. That's just not going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have her out of school so that I can have a baby. That's silly. <laughs> so, so I don't Mom know why brain. that was, yeah, I was like, that was really, who cares? But, um, so I did not go into labor until one o'clock on a Saturday morning. And I think that I probably mentally willed that to happen probably <laughs> in some way, because there's some crazy things that I have heard people wait for to have birth, uh, to, to give birth. And, um, there is, there's something to be said for, I, you just put it right there and it may not happen, but that's what you want. And you can kind of, kind of shoot for it, but. Um, my contractions started at one o'clock in the morning and I started timing them and we left in this instance, I did not want to wake up the midwife before 5 a.m. I thought that was rude, (laughs) even though that is their job, (laughs) right? They don't mind. I was like, no, I really, I'm just not calling anybody at their house before five o'clock in the morning. I just don't want to do that. But at five o'clock I was like, okay, you're going to have to call her right now. So once again, we, I, I got to take off for Spartanburg. Luckily, in, you know, there's not a whole lot of traffic at five o'clock in the morning and we were able to get over there fairly quickly and, um, things progressed a little bit faster this time. And I remember feeling a lot more with it. Like, I think that I was trying to learn the process so much the first time that I didn't really engage with anyone outside of my head and with Drew, um, a f- my friend Mary came to get Lila. Um, Linda had called her to to say, you know, she might be more comfortable not there where I was making all the noise. And um, she came in and I was chatting with her between contractions, which seemed ridiculous because I was like, I feel perfectly fine, you know 
when I'm not having contractions, it's the strangest thing. And then, um, like the thoughts that I had in my head were really funny. When, when Amy got there, I was in really hard labor, but I remember going, Oh, I never got to congratulate her on her, her marriage. I really need to say something before we leave, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, what, what goes on? If, if you ever wonder why, why moms are tired, it's because we think about stuff like that when we're doing really hard things like giving birth. But, right. Oh man. Labor thoughts are the strangest. <laughs> so weird. I was like, that doesn't even make any sense to think about, but, but I did. And then, um, you know, he was born around nine o'clock and, and it was great. And we were back on the road home by lunchtime once again, and not even gone from the house for 24 hours. So it was, it was amazing. That's, that's wonderful. That was a, that was a pretty quick one there. So you had your first contractions at what time did you say? It woke me up at 1am. Uh-huh. And then you had your baby by nine. I had my baby by nine, but I can beat it. I can beat it with mm-hmm. the third one. Oh boy. So, so with Cece, um, the baby that we really, we, we say that she is accidentally on purpose because we thought, oh, okay, well, we'll, we could not, we could not say that we did not want a third child. So we thought, okay, well, we'll say that we tried one time and then we can, say, oh, we'll see, we tried and nothing happened. So it's okay. We're fine. And, and God laughed. And so (laughs) he was like, ta-da, pregnant. Um, And I was like, but I'm so old. How is this even happening? Um, so now, now I get to be this, this pregnant 40 year old mom. And I was like, that's not what I thought I'd be doing this year, but okay. Um, (laughs) That was not in my plan. Well, no. like I said, I had told you uh, be- yes. before this interview, if you have a baby at 40 or above, the statistics say that your chances of living to be beyond 100 are like they dramatically increase. So that's I'm for everybody so to know. Old. Y'all just wait. I'll be <laughs> on that Smucker's jar on the Today Show. Just wait. <laughs> I'm shooting for the Smucker's jar. That's what I'm going for. Very impressive. But, um, with with Celia, um, she was due in December, which I should also mention that all three of my children have birthdays in December and January. So Lila and Drew are both in January and Cece is in December, which is so convenient with the holidays. Don't you love it? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yay. Everything oh. all in eight weeks. No yeah, problems. we've got a December baby too. I know, and I'm a December <laughs> birthday, so it's like, oh, that's oh, see, great. I'm February, so it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I had the whole well, Lila doesn't need to miss school thing going, <laughs> but this time we also had. Um, my mom has this annual Christmas breakfast or holiday drop-in or whatever you want to call it that she does every. Every December, the second Saturday of the month, everybody shows up at my mom's house for a bunch of food, and it's sort of her holiday party. And so she couldn't come. Cece was due the 13th. The party was supposed to be on the 8th, and so she was like, well, I'll come after the party if she's not born yet, and then blah, 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 blah. So I should mention, too, that Drew was also born shy of 40 weeks. He didn't I didn't make it to 40 weeks with him either, but it was it was over 39. So I was like, well, who knows what this baby will do? She could wait until almost Christmas or she could come right after Thanksgiving. Nobody knows. 
So um, I had been having a lot of contractions, but they were, I would have them, it was that prodromal labor again, and it was like, I would go six hours where they would get closer and closer and, and longer and, you know, harder. And then they would back off completely. And I'm like, this is so annoying. Just, it's no big deal. So I just dealt with it and I would, I would keep an eye on them, but I was just like, this is not labor. I'm not close enough to being in labor to even worry about it. Not going to worry about it. Well, just so we were waiting on Andy's mom to come from Nebraska. She was driving from Nebraska to be here the week before, um, just in case the baby came and she was hoping the baby would come so she would get to see her before she had to go back home. Um, and she got into town at four o'clock and I had been having these contractions all day long, but I just kept doing whatever I made spaghetti for dinner. We all ate together. It was not, it was completely uneventful. I didn't feel terrible, but I didn't feel awesome. And so after dinner, I went to lay down in, in the bedroom for a little while because I was like, I'm going to see if I can get them to back off because I'm just kind of tired. So it would be nice if they would back off. So I'm like hanging out in the bed, just laying there, you know, the baby's moving around, everything's fine. And I sent, I sent the contraction pattern to Andy and he was like, are you sure that you're not in labor labor? And I'm like, no, they're going to go away here in just a little bit. Don't worry about it. And I had been in contact with Linda. And that's why I was listening to that story the other day on your, on your podcast. And I was like, oh, no, I know where this is going. Um, <laughs> but um, she was she called and she was like, well, I have to go to a birth in Greenwood. Now, that is far. Are you OK? If, if I'm gone, I can't get to the birth center. And I was like, go happy baby. You know, it's not a big deal. I've got time. I'm not worried about it. And she was like, okay. So she, she, she heads off down to Greenwood and oh, oh, how grateful I am for Providence. <laughs> that baby got born in a really big hurry. So she didn't make it all the way there. Oh, and, um, because Amy called and said, nope, baby's already here. You just go back home. There's no reason for you to even come all the way down here. I've got it. And um, she went back to the birth center just to, because it was, I think, between where she was and home. And I called, I got up at one point. I was just going to, Lila ended up getting sick. And I was like, nobody needs a stomach virus in a house when you're about to have a baby. And when I stood mm -hmm. up to go check on her, I had... I had that, oh, no, what have I done contraction? Oh, boy. Where it was like, oh, no, oh, no, I'm going to have the baby right here. And so I went to I went to the bathroom to pee. And, of course, it was like, great, there's my mucus plug. This is this is not – I was like, oh, no. I said, okay, well, we have to go now. So this is at 9 o'clock at night. My, my poor pitiful child is like, mommy, you know. And I'm like, oh. okay, I love you, but I have to go have a baby. I can't help you right now. Grandma's here. Yay. And that was that. And we left. And, there, you know, we had to just, like, leave in a whirlwind. And, and Andy says that this is the most miraculous thing of the entire um, story is that we left from our house at, like, 9.05 or something like that. And as I said earlier, it's a solid 45-minute trip to to the birth center from our house and we did not hit one single red light the whole way there. Wow. 
And had you, you might have just had to blow on we through them. We might have had, we <laughs> might have had to blow on through them. I was like, just keep going. I'll call the police station if they start blue lighting us and and let them know that there's a woman in labor in the car and we are not evading arrest. Right. They are welcome to escort us in. So once again, I'm living with car car contractions and and. So that is the worst part. And that was the one time that I was like, we really should have just had this baby at home because she came fast enough. We got to the birth center. Actually, I take that back. We we must have left here closer to 930 because I know it only took us 30 minutes instead of 45 to get there. And also, uh, we got there. It was right around 10 and Cece was born at 1030. So really, really pushed it a little bit closer than I would have liked. But it was great, and I felt even better after that birth than I did after the second one. And definitely, I felt better after both of those than I did the first. So I'm like, it just keeps getting better. Maybe we should just keep having more kids. You probably should. They're very cute. Well, thank you very much. We we like them. They're very entertaining. So those are my three out-of-hospital, and now I'm breathless because I've been pacing the whole time because that's how I talk on the phone. But um, yeah. I love it. I And I'm so grateful that you were able to come on and share with us about your out-of-hospital birth center birth stories, um, because that is something that we haven't covered so much since we, you know, it's it's mostly been home births. But man, the birth center is just such an amazing option. I think for me, I never would have felt comfortable enough at home, especially that first time. And so even though it's not, it was not an affiliated, the birth center stands completely alone. So it's not affiliated with a hospital. It's not attached to a hospital, but there was something about going somewhere in my mind. I think that that was maybe just part of my generation because you go somewhere to have your baby. Um, but that, that was a very big comfort to me that I didn't have to feel like, I think because I retreat inward so much that not having a bunch of people in my space was probably a better option for than than you know having that here and also I wouldn't have been able to have a water birth here because there's just not the room to set up a a birth tub or anything like that and it really made a huge difference as far as how my labors went and yeah that 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 makes so much sense and and I think a a good number of people probably feel the same way that perhaps they wouldn't feel 100% comfortable in their own home and to be able to remove themselves, but not remove themselves all the way to the hospital is a really, really great place to be. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I'm really glad that we live somewhere where that is still an option. So I'm grateful to be where I am and to know the people that I know. And thanks. Thanks to the internet. That's so true. And thanks to you, you know, sharing your story. It, it's, helping to pass that information along. So I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on and share with us, Rachel. It has been just so much fun to hear your three birth center stories. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. And I hope that, you know, like I said, you know, I have a lot of friends who have had babies since since I have. Um, One of the greatest um, compliments I ever received was having a friend of mine who, um, actually ended up using the same midwives as I did just because she was, I, you know, like my birth story really resonated with her. And so being able to share and have that maybe possibly resonate with someone makes me happy. And, and I hope that it works out great for them. 
Oh, that's wonderful. And that is exactly what this podcast is about. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Caitlin.